by the end of like September, I started to get a little discouraged. And I was like, oh man, can't people just see my brilliance? And no. You know what I'm saying? It was like, no. <laughs> Something I need to really develop more relationships with. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is a podcast where we help people from all different industries and backgrounds tackle some of those challenges that they face that you might be facing as well. Today, a challenge we've all faced at some point in our careers, and that is landing a job. And not just any job, right? One that is meaningful and exciting and allows you to grow within it. This guest... This guest is great. I want him to get a job so badly. And it was really it was really nice to see that someone who is clearly successful, clearly capable, can also struggle finding a job. Like it was almost like refreshing in a way to see that you can be really, really good at something and still struggle. So I'm really hoping that we were able to help him sort of have some clarity today. If you are trying to find a job, spend less time on LinkedIn and more time listening to this episode. Because actually, to your credit, you give some good tips here. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Let's go. Here's our conversation with AC. Well, my name is AC. I am a Los Angeles-based creative director and video producer. And I'm, I'm having a challenge finding freelance uh, advertisement work as far as experiential design and just video production for for the sake of experiences. So I've been doing that kind of for a while, but I've been looking to get into more of the advertisement space and then just getting new more, getting new clientele, expand my network, things like that. And I'm just having challenges doing that. Well, LA is a very competitive place, so I don't think you're alone in that. Could you explain what experiential design is? Well, for the last nine or so years i've been working mostly in the religious space um like christian conferences youth conferences things like that you know that could be everything from uh an interactive installation all the way down to led sort of computerized motion graphics that are on a screen or something like that all of those things uh what, what does it look like to take someone into a space, having them experience something in a deeper and richer level. You know, maybe that's a product that needs to be launched. Maybe that's a, a book that needs to be talked about. Maybe that's all the way into a piece of music that people want to experience in a different way or a teaching point that needs to be explored in a d- deeper, more tactile way. I, I think my expertise is being a thought leader in that type of space, like really breaking down a brief, being like, yo, so this is a really cool idea that you want to explore this uh, passage of maybe scripture or this passage in a book. What does it look like for us to do these five things in a an open space on a piece of on a wall artistically so that people can engage in it? And I've been doing that for a little while. Got it. So I guess your skill set would be used by either brands or agencies that are wanting to do displays that are either, I guess, sporadic, like displays that, yeah, or at expos and conventions? Yeah, expos, conventions, like my biggest like thing that I I love to watch everything and I've been once is Coachella, like definitely want to be in those types of spaces, making installation work, making experiential design, thinking through even show direction, what does it look like for an artist to really 
break down the walls of what they're doing, trying to communicate, you know, like let's say it's a singer songwriter and they don't really know where to take their show. So it could be a really great popping show at Coachella. Well, I would sit there and be like, okay, let's listen to these 10 songs that you want to do in your set. Let's go along with the aesthetic that you've already presented on social media or, you know, and really sort of develop what your show kind of looks like in a deeper and richer way, according to your budget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, things like that. I do. I used to work for an, an ad agency actually in Long Beach. Um, I used to live there. Yeah. And um, I know from it was mainly an automotive agency. So there's a lot of experiential stuff in the automotive world. Like I, I didn't personally do any of it, but I know that there are are agencies out there that specialize in that, especially in automotive and I'm sure other industries. So I guess my question for you is, is do you want to keep freelancing or would your ideal situation be being part of an agency? I mean, ideally, I would love to grow in the agency space, like big, huge goal of mine. I know this may sound really crazy between experiential design and show direction. And those, the marriage of those two is, you know, creative directing. This is we'll have time show the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. Like that's my big goal for me. But we're tracking that. Like I would love to work at either a creative agency or or an advertisement agency. Perfect. Have you applied for jobs at agencies and, and have you interviewed? Yeah, and I'm usually, I have, I like I had one interview over this last summer, but, you know, it, it just didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to. I had a really rich contact there. And, um, and then everybody else has told me, like, uh, who works in the advertisement space, that I just really need to brush up on my case studies. All of my case studies on, on the basis of, like, you know, why we did something, what was the traction, what, you know, how it worked out. Yeah. And that's something that I just, I, I, did, I didn't have before the summer. Um, I, I assumed my portfolio and my website was good enough. But along with that, just, just being more confident person with, in conversations with people in the advertising space, as I'm shaking hands and kissing babies, being like, yo, I'm really, really, really good. And I have a, a lot of great ideas and I can not only do I have really great ideas, but I can execute them at a really high level if you can just trust me. So. Yeah. So do you have those case studies now? I don't. Okay. That's something I've been yeah, working on. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I would recommend working on them, even if it was just a, a like a one sheet or a page on your website. I find that the most effective case studies come down to actually the like the less detail, the better. You're just wanting to give someone a story and to show like this was the problem. This was my solution. This is what happened. This is the result. And it's just covering those four things. So we've experienced this when figuring out what to put on our own portfolio. And it's so easy to overthink it. So I would encourage you to just like go to a coffee shop, pull out a pen and paper and just jot down bullet points for each one. And that will often be like enough, at least to start. Another thing you can do is find someone that you can explain the project to and record yourself explaining the project. In conversation, I know that sounds weird, but in conversation, you will literally sum up what it was and why it mattered really beautifully. If you put yourself in an environment where you can have that dialogue with someone, maybe a stranger or maybe, I mean, not not a family member or anyone close to you, but try and explain it to someone who knows nothing about it. Record yourself explaining it using an app like Rev, which I love for getting my thoughts down and then having a human transcribe it for only a dollar a minute. 
they should pay us. Yeah, I love they them. should pay us. We, we he's like he's like Rev. I know them because yeah. we won't shut up about them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love them. I uh, we use them for my last series that I produced, and so we need we need to close captioning, and we're like, how are we gonna get this done? And they, you know, they deliver the project file back and. You know, it's great. Yeah. But, it's really cool. but I mean, I think to explain that project conversationally is going to be key. And then one of the other challenges is figuring out how to visually show, visually show what it was and why it mattered, particularly for a website. But I feel like case studies, that's what you need. You need something that a portfolio on a website kind of works in this way. Your portfolio gives your potential customer the the confidence in that what you've delivered to people in the past is something you'll deliver to them at a cost that they're willing to pay. So that's how the portfolio works. Right. So your case study delivers to your potential client confidence that you can deliver to them what you've delivered in the past. And that's, just keep that in mind. That's how portfolios work and how all the projects kind of interact together to kind of show the breadth of what you're able to do. And visuals, I think that's always the hardest part. I'll be honest, on our website, I really struggle because there is a visual aspect to what we do, but it's not the only part of what we do. In fact, part of why we even started this podcast was so that people could listen to the fact that we had ideas in our brain because it's kind of hard to put those in a case study, but it's not impossible. And, And I would say, keep a list of how others are doing this well. You know, some of the top agencies, some of the top agencies have a lot of people working just on projects like this, internal projects like portfolio projects, client projects. So how do others do it and how do they do it with brevity, with a conversational tone? How do they use visuals? You don't need to copy anyone, but you can be strongly inspired by what others are doing well. So that's something to think about. (laughs) That's great, my man. That's great. Another thing I'd recommend doing while you're job hunting is to approach job hunting from like three different levels. So once you've got your case studies ready, I would, and this might be unethical. So our like, oh, great. great. So our listeners are going to be like, don't do that. Don't listen to her. But anyway, I'm just going to say it. So what I have done in the past when before I was working with Phil and when I was working in the like the employed world was I would contact literally every single recruiter for a recruiter specifically. And I would write to them and it sounds so obnoxious, but I would be like, hi, like I'm open to looking to opportunities. I've looked at um, the activity that you've had online and I would love for you to represent me and I would love to give you the business. Like basically like make it seem like they should be honored that you're approaching them so that they can find you a job and say, would you be willing to get on the phone with me so I can tell you the types of work that I'm looking for? Because recruiters, that's how they make money. They are salespeople, like first and foremost. Mm. They will get on the phone right. with you. Like, especially if you make it more open-ended and not about a specific position where they can write you off and say you're not ready, like get on the phone with them. And I would have as many recruiters working for you as possible. You're supposed to ideally work with just one and you can, as you start getting to know them, you could narrow are them you down. Say, are you saying the recruiters for the specific agencies or are you saying recruiters like in, just in general? Um, recruiters in general. So sometimes agencies will have in-house recruiters, but those recruiters right. are dealing with a lot of a lot of traffic and a lot of applicants for specific jobs. So a lot of the times they won't even 
talk to you unless you've applied to one of their jobs and they can see right away that you fit that job. But I'm talking more about the free, like the actual like free floating recruiting agencies that are looking for jobs online and basically trying to get in the door and maybe don't have contacts at that Mm -hmm. company. So if you literally just look up like Los Angeles recruiters advertising, I can think of and I can email over some that I've, I've been messaging like that messaged me in the past when I was in the agency world. But like they live for this stuff. And especially like you're very personable, very well spoken, clearly know what you're doing. So there's no reason why they wouldn't want to work with you. Yeah, for sure. That'd be yeah. So yeah. recruiters that so recruiters is group number one. Group number two are HR people. I would contact Go look up every agency that you can in LA and contact the HR people directly. And number one, see if they have a job available. Number two, if they don't have a job available, I would write a really sincere message on LinkedIn or wherever and say, I really admire the work that your agency does. It would be my dream to work for you. Here's what I've done. I appreciate and respect your time, but I just wanted to let you know that if you have any opportunities down the road, I would love to have a conversation with you. That's great. Babe, you're going to have a job by the end of the day. I know it's going to happen. This is gold over here. <laughs> no, she's spitting out the flame. Oh. The flame is coming off the um, And then the third route that I would oh, recommend. Oh, wow, we got a third route. Tier three, tier three. The third route that I would recommend is actually contacting creative directors specifically at agencies and asking for them to go get coffee. And you can say, like, make it about flattery. Don't make it about a job. Don't make it about you. Make it about, I I I came across your profile on LinkedIn. We have this, we have, you know, a certain amount of connections in common. If you do, if you don't, that's fine. But say, I saw your LinkedIn profile. I'm so impressed by your working history. And if you're available. I would love the chance for like to have a quick phone call with you because I would love for my career to look like yours someday. It, no, that like, that's, that's so like flattering. But sometimes I wonder if like, if, every, if that, if that like backfires sometimes because people are so used to people asking them to, to pick their brain. You know what Well, I'm that's the thing. You, know I mean? you like, can't ask to pick your brain. As soon as I get a message from someone saying, pick your great brain, I think, oh my God, they don't respect my time. They're done. I will never talk with them. That's, and maybe that's not the right attitude, but that's how I feel. Stop, because we're going to play a fun little game. Phil, you there? I'm here. Always looking down at your phone. I never know if you're engaged. Usually I'm not. No, usually not. Okay, let's play a quick game. Let's try to come up with as many words that rhyme with brand in the next 20 seconds. Go. Bland. Grant. Stand. Stand. Dan. Strand. <laughs> you failed the first try. <laughs> well, thankfully, we don't have to rhyme for our day jobs. We actually do brand audit consultations. It's like this episode, but on steroids. And you get a detailed brand audit recap at the very end of it that will help you put everything we discuss into motion. Achieve those goals. philpallon.expert slash therapy, where you can get a special promo. For 15% off. Yes. Okay, let's get back to the show. No, that like that's so like flattering. But sometimes I wonder if like if if that if that like backfires sometimes because people are so 
used to people asking them to pick their brain. You know well, that's that? the thing. You, know I mean? you like, can't ask to pick your brain. As soon as I get a message from someone saying, pick your brain, I think, oh, my God, they don't respect my time. They're done. I will never talk with them. That's and maybe that's not the right attitude, but that's how I feel. Whereas if you make it more like about a phone call instead of coffee, because that's those are very different things and actually say, I really respect your time, but I would be honored to have a call with you because I hope for my career to look like yours someday. That's not asking to pick your brain. That's not asking for a job. That's literally just like, I don't know. It just feels a bit more sincere to me. And it probably feels a little bit more attainable. Like, hey, this guy's not going to take up two hours of my time or an hour and a half, like 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying? And I'll, you know, yeah, I'll see you later. Um, there's a, not to plug another podcast, there's another podcast called Talking to Ourselves. And it's a C, uh, it's a CCO at Momentum. And he just has these great conversations with people about like how, uh, with like other uh, creative directors and other like chief marketing officers about like where they're from and, well, and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and, so, and that's something that like a lot of them talk about is like, hey, I'll give you 30 minutes of my time. But like after that, like, you know, uh, they feel like it's a disrespect of their time and they don't have very much after that. Yeah. As long as you're clear about it from the beginning, then, and you're respectful right. from start to finish, the psychology of this is really important. It, it, through the job application process, you want to constantly be thinking out thinking about why would they throw my resume in the garbage? Why would I ignore an email? from you? There's, it's a very powerful difference when you send an email or make a call and ask for something for you because it's about you. That's very different than emailing someone with flattery and with a, with an actually a sincere compliment, not something that's been pasted to 20 other people, but something that shows sincerity and proof. Yeah, I really liked what you guys did on this Target spot. I really, really thought that this pop-up at, you know, South by was really, really cool. Yeah. You know, something like yeah, that. Exactly. Right? If you can refer to something right. um, specific. Can I point something else out? Um, AC, this is this strategy is not new to you because this in part is what you actually did to us. So you're here on this podcast. <laughs> Might I just point out the obvious, but you emailed us saying that you enjoyed the podcast and we were really flattered by it. And so I responded back to you in the time frame that I would have responded back to a client who pays me lots of money because of the way that you did it. Now, had you emailed us and said, I would love your advice. I have a goal and I'm really keen on doing this with my career. And I'd say, great, here's how much it costs for our services. You know what I'm saying? So there's a real, this isn't news to you. And I thought it would point it out because in fact, that's how you landed yourself here on this conversation, which is cool. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, like why are we even Um, (laughs) talking? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I meant it though. I mean, like that like brand sentence thing that like, uh, I can't even remember what it was. Young lady that you asked to do, uh, it was like, I think it was, the musician that was the, like the the person who represents musicians, and you said like you you know I you know and, and so it really helped me formulate like a little bit of my brand sentence, which was like I help companies grow with creativity, like and that was it. And I was like, oh, that's that's that like that's digestible. It's a nice elevator pitch when I'm in an elevator with someone, and they're like, hey, what do you do? And it's like our creative director and produce. Well, what does that mean? Why well, help companies grow with creativity? And they hear grow. 
and I hear creativity and I go, okay, that means dollar signs and that means like that's attainable rather than like, well, you know, I do some things and, you know, I yada, 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 you know. Yeah, I love it. I thought that was really, really I love it. Yeah, I think for you, recruiters are really going to be that missing element. I really think so because they work fast. They work hard. They want people who they feel comfortable representing. And you're obviously a very like stable and nice, hardworking person. You can tell that within two minutes of talking with you. So look them up. There's uh, all, as I mentioned, I'll, I'll email you some that I know are are good. And I, there are so it's good that you're in the LA area because there are so many agencies and so many that are looking for producers, like with your skill set. Yeah, it was interesting because I, you know, I had an opportunity to like either go back to the South and um, after being here for a little while. And I just, I just always felt like LA was going to be like my best place for the upside. Now, there is a lot of competition, a lot of people that probably want to do what I, I do and have great ideas. But I think I have a unique voice, and so I, I'm I'm looking. I'm I'm excited the fact that I've been here, and I'm I'm gonna invest into this space and being in this city because there's so much opportunity, you know. Yeah, I love that. I've one um one final thought I've been thinking about on this topic because I feel like you're we're gonna we're gonna let you loose. You're ready to go. You're like I said, you're gonna have a job by the end of the day. But it's the it, this process is stressful. This process is stressful and it's very easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself to find something quick as a result of rent due next month, as a result of all these other pressures that you have. In order for this to work, you can't go in, and I don't have to tell you this, but I bring it up because I I feel like it's an important thing to think about even if you have mastered this skill. It's not about going in and creating a transaction. It's about going in and creating a relationship because you can try all day to anticipate where that relationship will end up, but you won't, you do not know because maybe they won't hire you, but maybe they know someone who knows someone whose uncle is hiring for the exact position you're looking for. And maybe not. But the fact is, be a good person, focus on the relationship you create and really hit it off with someone and do that by listening. And that, I mean, I haven't been as much on the job market, obviously, because I started doing this on my own uh, in comparison to Lauren. But like, that's never steered me wrong, that approach. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's true. I can think of when I was an intern, my first internship in New York a billion years ago, because I'm 30 now and not in my 20s. There was an HR woman there. And I really made an effort to get to know her. And then she ended up helping me get an in years later after she moved companies. She helped me get an in to a, like a, a, a job that I really, really wanted. So you never really know. You never, you, first of all, the world is much smaller than we think. And you never really know how someone's going to come into your life in the future or how you can help them in the future too. So definitely keep that in mind. And especially with recruiters, I mean, they, their job is to know people. That's their job. So I think that would work for you. Another thing that came to mind was you, you might want to test this out. You might want to make like a list of all the agencies that you're wanting to contact and maybe half of them contact people who are HR directors or managers. And then the other half contact HR coordinators. These are people who are new on the team, who are trying to make a name for themselves internally, who are trying to find a good candidate or a good person to hire. And they would 
because they're a coordinator, they might not be getting as many asks as those directors. So might want to experiment with who, who you're contacting, like hierarchy wise. Sounds great. Let's do it. Beautiful. Like I said, I think we need to let you loose and you need to go and uh, take action on some of this stuff. How you how you feeling? Yeah, it. you're going to kill it. How are you feeling about all this? I feel good. I feel like it's a it's, it's a even more reinforcement of some things that I, I knew that needed to be done. But I, I appreciate you guys like really breaking this down in a, in a more comprehensive way so that I can like have like some real action steps. Um, so that, I mean, by the end of... Uh, by the end of like September, I started to get a little discouraged. And I was like, "Oh man, you know, uh, can people just see my brilliance?" And no, of course. You know what I'm saying it was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's something I need to really develop more relationships with. It's so know? hard. One, sorry, I keep being like one last thing, one last thing, but this is actually one last thing. Make sure that when you are sending cover letters to apply to specific jobs, make them custom. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, even if it takes another half hour, write your letter from scratch for that job and match the tone and like match the job description. Cater your cover letter to match whatever the application is because a lot... Do you of, feel like people really read them? 100%. 100%. Okay. Because that's where people get a feeling of your personality. A resume is acted as is really a filter, right? It's to make sure you have the qualifications. But the cover letter is to make sure that you match the culture of the agency. So I would make it as casual, like again, use Rev for this. Whenever I applied for jobs, for competitive jobs back in the day, I would make sure that my cover letter was completely customized and would almost always get called for interviews and would always get compliments on my cover letter because it stood out. It was obvious that it wasn't copied and pasted. It was obvious that it was for the company. Passion came through in the language. It didn't feel like it was full of jargon just to like get through the search barometers or whatever they they set. But yeah, so write it from scratch because then it's really authentic and and people in HR, they're, you know, they, they're trained to look for that authenticity. And I think it'll help. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That, that's something that I didn't, um, didn't know. I appreciate it. Now we're actually going to let him go and do all of this. Okay. <laughs> Enough with the good ideas. AC, you feeling good? I'm feeling good, my man. I appreciate it. Beautiful. Thank you for hanging out with us on Brand Therapy, for hanging out and for also listening to the show. And we look forward to hearing about all of these successes when you get that job. Not if, but when. Give us a call back so we can celebrate. I got you, brother. I got you. Beautiful. Have a good day and we will chat with you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Well, aren't you just full of good ideas? Well, he's so nice. I want him to have a job. It's not some, I, you were like, you're like enough. And I was like, and then, and then, and then. I know, but it was good advice. And I think it's good to hear that perspective and to hear someone else's perspective because it's not like he's not trying. It's just to, to find a different way to approach that I think is really useful. I like that he appreciated us breaking it down into specific steps because it does feel overwhelming. But baby steps, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint type of approach to really find a job that you're going to love. You could find something crappy overnight really quick, but that's not really what you want to find. You want to find something that's meaningful and exciting and positions you for growth. So I think he has some good ideas on where to go from here. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, I think it comes down to confidence, a lot of it too. It's not that you're desperate for a job. It's not that you're trying to get a job in any job. It's like having the confidence to know that you have the right to be selective and that company should be like honored that you're applying to work with them. So we want to know what you think. Hashtag brand therapy. Let's continue the conversation. If you've taken the time to spend a few minutes with us today, we want to hear from you. Find us on social media. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And uh, say hello. Let us know you're a listener, just like AC did. In fact, landed himself on our on our podcast. If you enjoy listening, take a few seconds and go to the Apple Podcast iTunes store and leave a review. And we're also now on Spotify. So that's kind of fun. It was a surprise. <laughs> so um, we'll be back here again next week on Brand Therapy. Thank you guys for taking a few minutes to listen. And we will see you back next week. Bye-bye. And next week on Brand Therapy. I find that like really broad hashtags don't really help in this kind of situation. We kind of have to find like niche groups or niche local communities that would be following a certain hashtag because we can only really market to a certain demographic. 